WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. There we go. Yep, it's me, 5 o'clock. Good morning. It is Monday, December 11th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Morning rain, some serious wind gusts. Then clearing skies this afternoon, high 48. Tonight, overnight, clear, low 35. And then Tuesday, sunshine, high 43. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 46 and raining in East Hampton, out on Long Island. 42 and raining in East Orange, down in New Jersey. And it is 42 and light rain here in Midtown. What a mess it has been over the last 24 hours. It hasn't been as bad as it was originally predicted to be weather-wise. We did not see the wind gusts as intense as we thought, though we still have to get through the morning. And uh, it's still in the forecast, gusty winds through mid-afternoon. But this rain you're seeing uh, seeing now, going to clear out. Uh, But all over the tri-state yesterday, especially in flood-prone areas, everybody was trying to figure out what this rain was going to mean. Predicted two to three inches of rain. It might have been around that. I mean, it started yesterday. In some places, it's still raining this morning. Out in the Hollis, Queens, where... It floods all the time in sections of Hollis. Uh, neighbors there worried last night that they'd be bailing water this morning. It's like, I hope it isn't raining harder than this. Let's see what happened. Because we have no idea. They sent alert. We have to be alert. We are scared. Last time it's happened, it's all over the past floor. So every year, two, three times, and long time before it's like that. Now, initially, we've been looking this morning at the cameras, trying to figure it out. It does not look as bad as it has been sometimes in Hollis, Hoboken. It's always an issue there. It doesn't even have to rain that hard for the flooding to happen in sections of Hoboken. They've made some fixes over the years to help with drainage and that kind of thing. But still, uh, you had DPW workers in Hoboken up all last night making sure that the roads were clear. We get concerned when it's um, getting to like 0.8 inches per hour. That that kind of intensity is where we kind of are concerned about what the roads could look like. We haven't seen that yet. The investments we've made in flood pumps and things like that can sustain a lot of rain. It becomes more of an issue when it's intense rain in a short period of time. Now, when we watch these weather maps overnight, Long Island looked like it was going to get the worst of it, and it probably did. But again, not as bad as it was predicted. We look at the outage maps uh, in terms of who has power, who doesn't. Not a lot of people without power. They thought trees would tip over. Now, again, it's going to be windy this morning, so things could change quickly, of course. But parts of Long Island were forecast to get nearly five inches of rain. That did not happen, but out in Islip, uh, they were cleaning out drains ahead of time, had workers also out last night making sure the water that did come in was draining where it was supposed to. We make sure that all storm drains are cleared. Uh, we pump out everything to make sure that it can take on as much water as possible. Our guys are out there trying to keep everyone safe. 
Yeah, this woman lives in a flood zone in Freeport. Uh, last night, she actually went out and bought groceries because she says, I've seen this before, and I usually get flooded in my home, and the kids are stuck home from school, so I might as well have something to eat. It's sort of like a snowstorm. Got some orange juice, almond milk, um, lemonade, some English muffins. I'll be working from home the rest of the week till like, probably Wednesday, so I'll be home. Okay, you don't have to worry about getting out of the house. No, but I mean, obviously for other people and my son going to school, that's probably a problem. Yeah, so in uh, Freeport, uh, we found some other neighbors as well. Let's see. Here's one. Flooding is a real thing in this area. Pretty bad being at sea level. I kind of wish, honestly, don't hate me, Freeport Town, but uh, we don't get alerts in time when things are going to happen, and we have a canal in our backyard. Yeah, so there was a build build up over the weekend telling people that this was going to come, which is a good thing, and if it doesn't come, okay, fine, but you've been warned. Uh, lots of the press conferences on Saturday and even into yesterday morning was telling people to take down their Christmas decorations because they were worried they were going to fly away. Uh, a lot of people did do that in places like Oceanside, also out on Long Island. High tides, I think it's 6.30, so I'm ready for it. I'm waking up, I have an alarm set. I've had to do insurance claims on three separate cars for flooding just from like waking up in the middle of the night, my car is being underwater, including last Christmas. Yeah, Oceanside's a nice town, so people don't want to leave no matter what, and even if they to deal with flooding once in a while. The streets are always flooding. We get the fresh water flooding, then it turns into the salt water, and, you know, and it's a whole mix mosh of water. We've been doing this for so long. I've lost my house. was done in uh, Irene and Sandy, so we got water both times. I love it here. I'm not going to leave. Yeah, so this same weather system that we're dealing with and will deal with for at least the rest of the morning uh, did a lot of damage across the nation. It uh, produced tornadoes down in Tennessee. A reporter, Marissa Para says police confirmed uh, there were six victims of these tornadoes over the weekend, and two of the victims were a mother and child. 37-year-old Joseph Dalton, Florida Ma Gabrielle Perez, 31 years old, and her son, just two years old, Anthony Bendez. Yeah, just horrendous. Uh, North Tennessee town also trying to recover after the deadly tornadoes that th swept through on Saturday night. Some of this taking place while people were sleeping. We have people who are suffering because of loss of life and injuries. One thing I love about this city, when there's a need, we rally around that need. And then we had neighbor helping neighbor. Yeah, so the final count there, uh, nine injured, six killed. Uh, the ones that were injured taken to Vanderbilt University Medical Center in Nashville. Uh, some of this taking place in Clarksville. That's about well, 50 miles northwest of Nashville. Nine have been transferred to Vanderbilt Medical Center, placed their conditions in critical, unstable condition. All right, so here's what we can tell you so far for the tri-state. we just got to get through the rest of the morning. The wind gust is really going to be the issue this morning, though they don't look like they're going to be as bad as initially predicted. Of course, we'll watch it. Keep it here, 77 for the latest on the storm, as thankfully it moves out of the area and some sunshine this afternoon into tomorrow. All right, let's go out to uh, Philadelphia. This uh, one of the big stories over the weekend after all the flooding. Uh, University of Pennsylvania President Liz McGill Resigning this week and amid pressure from donors and criticism over her testimony at a congressional hearing where you might remember she was unable last week to say that calls on campus for the genocide of Jews would violate the school's conduct policy. It was a pretty intense congressional hearing to watch. They threw this slow ball softball pitch to just bat it out of the park to say um, horrified by the uh, attacks on Jews on campus. She decided not to do that. So 
Uh, over the weekend, the board of trustees uh, gave her a choice. I imagine we don't know this for sure, but they probably said here you can either resign or we're going to fire you. Well, she resigned on Saturday and. Students on the campus, for the most part, said they were happy that she is gone. People wanted a better reaction or a better uh, response from some of the questions that they had asked her. I love the school, but as a Jew, it was scary being somewhere where I didn't feel supported. So I think this is a step in the right direction. Yeah, so apparently the attacks were more intense on the Philadelphia campus of the University of Pennsylvania than they were at Harvard and MIT. And that might save the jobs for those two other presidents. In fact... The president of uh, Harvard, uh, Catherine Gay, Catherine Gay, uh, spoke to the Harvard Crimson, their newspaper, and apologized for everything she had said before Congress. Uh, that might have saved her job. It's not clear yet. But at, back at the University of Pennsylvania, they say things were just chaotic with Liz McGill in charge. I think things have been like very tense. There have been like various like anti-Semitic attacks, I think, that have happened. One at our like Hillel Jewish Center and like a couple others across campus. And there's just been a lot of tension in general. Yeah. Uh, more. Let's see. One more student. I think things have been like oh, very no, tight. Is that the same thing? But anyway, so we'll watch to see what happens with Harvard and MIT. The calls for their resignation continue, but they aren't as intense, not nearly as they were for Liz McGill. Now, we should point out in the case of the University of Pennsylvania, there was one donor who was given the school a hundred million dollars and said they were going to take back that $100 million if Liz McGill was not let go. So the question I'm sure the Board of Trustees asked themselves over the weekend is Liz McGill worth $100 million in donations? And clearly they decided she was not. Uh, of course, all of this is uh, coming out of what's going on overseas. The fight between Hamas and Israel, heavy fighting, continues in southern Gaza, as Israel presses ahead with its plan to wipe out Hamas, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu continues to push back against these rising calls for a ceasefire. Thousands of Palestinian civilians have been killed amid the fighting. There was lots of protests again here in the city over the weekend. There is, uh, you know, historical issues that could be, of course, discussed. But there is no way on earth that the only solution is going to be by just bombarding children, uh, women and uh, elders. Yeah, so there's some intense facts here, right? You have, of course, just the attack back on October 7th that killed so many Israelis. Now fast forward today, nearly 85% of Gaza's 2.3 million residents have been displaced during the war that has gone on for a little more than two months now. The point is everybody, any mother, any mother in this world will ask to cease fire because kids, babies, babies are killed. 425 Israeli soldiers have been killed since the war began. Last night, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu says it's the beginning of the end for Hamas. In a video released last night, he says dozens of militants have surrendered as Israel continues trying to wipe uh, the Palestinian militant group out in this ongoing war. He said it'll take more time, but his message to Hamas was that it's over. And I was speaking with somebody, uh, I can't tell you who they are. But I was speaking to somebody who was inside the Israeli parliament who works for the prime minister, and he said 
uh, that he thinks this thing is going to last just a few more weeks, that they're feeling the pressure to end it. But at the same time, they feel like they've done some damage to Hamas in a, in a way that they can deal with. Uh, that is, the pressure has amped up over the weekend. Secretary of State Antony Blinken uh, says he does not believe Israel wants to harm Palestinian civilians, but he says they should do more to make sure they don't. The intent is there, but... Uh, the results are not always manifesting themselves. There needs to be a premium put on protecting civilians and making sure that humanitarian assistance can get to everyone who needs it. They are dealing with a terrorist organization that engaged in the most vicious possible brutality on October 7th and has made clear that it would uh, would do it again. No doubt they would. We're going to get more into this story as the morning wears on. But first, 515, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Good morning. Uh, is there such a thing as a happy Monday? Happy Monday, Justin Ellick. Well, especially not for me this morning. Oh, that's true. My uh, God. I forgot about that. I mean, the Eagles, you, boy. You, yeah. Do you have any consideration or no? Not really. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I hate the Eagles. <laughs> this is, it was a great night for me. Yeah, everybody everybody hates the Eagles. Well, you're in New York. What do yeah. you expect? Uh, no, I get it. I get it. I totally get it. Congratulations, yeah, Bird. Seriously, congratulations, <laughs> Bird, on uh, laying an egg. 30, sure did. 33 to 13, the Eagles lose to the Cowboys, but that's not what we're here for. Nobody cares about that. Gnome will begin on the gridiron at MetLife yesterday afternoon, where the Jets ran a rough shot on the young star C.J. Stroud and his Houston Texans, winning at home by a score of 30 to 6, uh, behind a somewhat resurgent performance from quarterback Zach Wilson. Wilson threw for a pair of uh, second-half touchdown passes in his return from a two-game benching, and the Jets ended a five-game lose streak with the win in the process. Zach was 27 of 36 for 301 yards, his third career game of 300 or more yards after uh, sitting in favor of the since-waived Tim Boyle. Those numbers came despite Wilson facing consistent pressure all game and uh, being sacked four times. Brees Hall and Randall Cobb caught touchdown passes and Xavier Gibson ran for a score for the Jets who reached 30 points for just the second time this season and first since beating Denver 31 to 21 in week five as Gain Green improves to five and eight overall with the win. As for the now 7-6 and six Houston sideline, things were a bit more bleak as they watched their young quarterback lay an egg before leaving the game uh, late with a concussion. He was examined briefly on the sideline before he walked to the locker room. He's now in concussion a protocol. Keep the update on C.J. Stroud. Tonight at MetLife, the 4-8 Giants will be part of a Monday Night Football doubleheader. That'll wrap up Week 14 action. The 6-6 six and six Green Bay Packers are in town for an 8-15 p.m. kickoff that sees the G-Man as current 6-point uh, home underdogs in Miami. The nine and three Dolphins will welcome in the four and eight Tennessee Titans for an eight fifteen p.m. kickoff as well. The Dolphins head into that one as big thirteen and a half a point home favorites. Over to the ice at the I Garden. Think you can get some sleep on Monday night. Neither of those sound very good games. No, yeah. I mean the Dolphins will, will blow out Tennessee, and uh, the Packers are way better than six and six in my opinion. Yeah. So they'll probably blow blow out the Giants. <laughs> yeah, Monday uh, primetime football this year has been absolutely impeccable. Now it, it's been terrible. <laughs> it really has been. Yeah. Over to the ice at the Garden, where Mika Zibanejad and Jimmy Vesey scored second-period goals. Jonathan Quick made 25 saves against his former team. The Rangers down the uh, LA Kings 4-1 to on uh, last night, I should say. Vincent Trocek had three assists. Johnny Brodzinski also scored for the Blue Shirts, who are back on the win column after having lost two straight for the first time this season. In Edmonton, things didn't fare as well for the Devils, who lost 4-1 to one after running into the buzzsaw that is currently the Oilers, who have now won seven straight. Jesper Brod scored the lone tally for New Jersey, who will look to get back on track after winning three straight prior to yesterday's loss. 
Tonight, the Islanders are back in action at home against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Puck drop there is scheduled for 7 p.m. And tonight on the hardwood, regular season NBA action continues after the L.A. Lakers secured the first NBA in-season tournament championship cup on Saturday night with their 123-109 win over the Indiana Pacers. At the Garden, the Knicks get set to welcome in the Toronto Raptors for a 7.30 p.m. tip-off before the Nets take on the Kings in Sacramento later on at 10 p.m. And it wasn't necessarily yesterday's news, but speaking of Los Angeles, Shohei Otani, that news broke over the weekend. $700 million for 10 years. He's going to the Dodgers, so they just get whatever they want. And if they don't make the World Series, that's just a complete and utter letdown. No? Highest played professional player, or is, or is there a soccer player oh, who no, makes more? Oh, uh, no, I would imagine. I think uh, that's a really good question. Highest, definitely highest paid American sports uh, professional athlete of all time. I mean, in baseball, he's he's eclipsing, um, I think, second is uh, is Mike Trout currently. And Mike Trout's just a little over 400. So, I mean, Shohei, it's just a ridiculous amount of money. But it I is. guess he's two players in one. So I had him go. going to the Savannah Bananas, but I guess I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, maybe he'll get featured in a uh, in a in a game or two at some point down the line. No, we can all hope. We can all hope. I'm Justin Ellick. That's sports on uh, 77 WABC. WABC News Time 521. Let's finish out what's going on overseas in Israel. The president, CEO of Save the Children, says it's impossible for her staff in Gaza to work what she calls in a safe and quality way. Humanitarian organizations like ours, we're really running out of words to describe how bad it is. Yeah, she says humanitarian organizations cannot deliver aid in Gaza because of the attacks and shelling. She said the uh, recent seven-day ceasefire was not nearly enough to get everything in that's needed. She uh, mentioned other places where Save the Children has provided assistance, such as Afghanistan, Sudan, and Ethiopia. And she claims it's worse here in Gaza. You cannot really rebuild a warehouse in seven days, but there was aid coming in. We could even deliver some of those supplies. There's two million people, a million children, in a very, very small space. There is no way to get out. Yeah, so this pushback continues uh, not just from Save the Children, but you have it here. Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders says he supports Israel's right to defend itself against Hamas, but he says the U.S. cannot simply give Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu a blank check. It would be irresponsible for the United States to give Netanyahu another $10 billion to continue to wage this awful war. In fact, last week, Sanders voted with Republicans in voting against a $111 billion funding package for Israel and Ukraine. You can go to war against Hamas, but you cannot go to war against the Palestinian people. The United States has got to put all of the pressure that it can to tell Netanyahu to stop this disastrous military approach. WABC News Time 522. One Republican senator says it's inevitable that Ukraine will need to give up some land to Russia in order to end that war. This was always going to end in negotiation. The idea that Ukraine was going to throw Russia back to the 1991 borders was preposterous. That's J.D. Vance, who's from Ohio, praising Ukrainians for fighting bravely. Also referring to the notion of Russian President Vladimir Putin invading NATO alliance countries as a scare tactic to justify sending more money to Ukraine. The idea that you can go even further and control multiple European nations is, I think, a scare tactic to get people distracted from the fact that our Ukraine policy just doesn't make a ton of sense. What is the end goal here? How long does this go until the president can articulate the answer to those questions? I don't know why we would write another blank check. Yeah, you had actually a Swedish government official says Russian President Putin wanted to weaken NATO, but Russia's invasion of Ukraine has done the opposite. The Swedish and Finnish NATO membership, that's the mother of all unintended consequences for Russian thinking. Yeah, a Swedish defense minister there says Russia wasn't counting on Sweden and 
Finland actually joining NATO. We can provide the alliance with strategic depth and our territory can be used as a staging and basing area which will make NATO stronger. This was not planned, but that's, of course, the consequences. All right, let's bring it back home. 524, a member of the Biden White House involved in funding negotiations say they break down when one side can't take yes for an answer. They push for too much. You can't have everything your way in a negotiation. That's the director of the Office of Management and Budget, uh, Shalanda Young, talking about funding for Ukraine. Uh, President Biden requesting from Congress Young to refer to uh, this proposed Republican funding bill that all Democrats voted against, saying that nobody can have everything they want in a negotiation. Uh, So they're still trying to hash this all out. It's time to cut a deal that both sides can agree to. All right, let's go down to lower Manhattan over the weekend. Prominent Republicans from around the nation gathering at Cipriani's in lower Manhattan for a fundraiser that was headlined by former President Trump. Our own Sid Rosenberg, I hear, was there. I don't know if it was true or not. He told the crowd, he was there, by the way. He told the crowd, uh, that being Donald Trump, that paid 700 bucks a ticket to see him, that he'll win the White House despite what Biden uh, White House has done to him. They've weaponized the IRS against political opponents. They've tried to get me thrown off the ballot with their ridiculous attacks on the 14th Amendment. All 15 lawsuits as of tonight have been successfully rebuffed. But the president still faces 91 felony counts from four separate state and federal probes across the nation. He says he will win those cases, too. On day one, I will break up the Biden administration's illegal censorship machine. And any official who has violated Americans' constitutional rights will be held very, very accountable. The former president, who we thought was in town, not just for that fundraiser, but also to testify in his fraud trial, has decided he's not going to do that. Trump posted his decision on Truth Social Sunday, adding that he had already previously testified. Trump was set to make his second appearance on the witness stand to be questioned by his own attorneys as the final witness for the defense. The office of New York Attorney General Letitia James filed a $250 million lawsuit against the Trump family and the Trump organization for allegedly inflating financial statements by billions of dollars in an effort to receive more favorable loans. I'm Mark Mayfield. Everything points to the fact that Donald Trump will likely win the Republican nomination, but primary season hasn't begun. It begins in a couple of weeks in Iowa. Former Congresswoman Liz Cheney is one of the people who wants to stop Trump. She says she's still not ruling out any options in her efforts to make sure he doesn't return to the White House, including maybe her own third-party presidential run. It's going to require making an assessment about sort of how we can most effectively mobilize people in both parties and mobilize independents, frankly, to stand against Donald Trump. Uh, Cheney, whose uh, book Oath and Honor just hit the bookshelves, was only one of two Republicans on the House Select January 6th committee. I really am going to take the next couple of months and look at what is going to be the most effective path to ensure the defeat of Donald Trump. I'm not going to do something that has the impact of helping Donald Trump. Yeah. All right. Let's take a look at the numbers on uh, Wall Street ahead of the big day today. The opening bell rings this morning. Wall Street kicking off a fresh trading week. Stocks closed higher Friday after the November jobs report came in close to expectations, while a key reading on consumer sentiment showed a sharp jump this week. We'll bring word on inflation figures for November due out Tuesday, followed by the Federal Reserve's interest rate decision that comes on Wednesday. Talk Radio 77 WABC.
It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noam Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noam on 77 WABC. Yep, that's us, 532. It is Monday, December 11th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center morning rain. Could see some serious wind gusts. And then clearing skies this afternoon, the high going to be 48. Tonight, overnight, clear, low 35. And then Tuesday, sunshine, high 43. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 46 in raining in East Hampton out of Long Island, 42 in raining in East Orange in New Jersey, and 43 in raining right outside our Midtown studios right now. I pulled into the garage that we use here at the radio station, at least some of us use, and I got handed one of those Christmas cards from one of the parking guys. And I love the parking guys there, by the way, I should point out. Nice guys. And, of course, inside the card is a list of all the names of people who want tips. And I'm terrible at this, not because I don't want to give them a tip. I do. But I don't want to be the guy that doesn't give them enough. But I also don't want to be the guy that gives them too much, right? So, uh, Lou, you park in this garage as well. Have you looked over the names and have decided how much you're going to tip these guys? Yeah. Is that the impression, though, is that they they want to tip? tip because it's like six seven four three yeah it's like eight people here it is well that's i always think like i'd like to get them a couple of bottles of something that's what i think but oh, you never like know food or drink or yeah, whatever or you know hmm. some kind of uh, uh wine or but we i don't know them that well to to do that and i, I you I slap know. them. Ca- I give them cash every day. Yes. So you yes. do that too, right? I tip them every day. I think most people don't, but I, I don't know if that helps us or not. I, I, I try to observe, like, okay, did that person just tip? Did they tip? Did they? And you see the regular people, uh, you know, almost every day, some of the time. Well, I shouldn't say every day. But I do see regulars going in, and they're not tipping. I, I, I just hmm. don't see it. It's weird. But I, I tip a couple of bucks to each one every day. Yeah, I do too. So is it? What do we give them? Do I don't know. Twenty bucks, ten bucks, hundred bucks. I have I, no idea. Yeah, I, I no way a hundred bucks. I can't. You know, I, I that's maybe, a lot. Yeah, I'd say like if we gave them, you know, but which guy too? Do you give each one? Oh, I see almost all of them because of my hours. I see the early morning ones. I see the afternoon guys. I've you know. seen each person here. Yeah. I think on the card, but I just the regular guys who have really. Like the top three, four, but it's true. I've seen all of them. I don't know. Or I give them a blank. Che- I give them a, a no, a blanket check, like for all of them. And I, I don't. We could do a cameo for them, maybe. Why don't we do that? <laughs> well, I was thinking. See, I have this issue. Is I, I still have to tip the pool boy. Uh, I have the gardener, uh, the nanny. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, no. <laughs> yes, I have no idea how much to tip these guys. <laughs> tipping, tipping is its own culture, man. It is. I really don't know. But these guys. They do take care of you day after day, and they, they've taken care of me because when I've switched cars, too, they're like, oh, no, no, that's okay. We could just uh, switch it for this and this, so they'll wor- they work with you. Yeah. They're just good guys. I like them a lot. All right. Let's, maybe someone can help us out here. There's yes, probably send, some etiquette of exactly how much you're supposed to give. I don't just, know. Just send some amount. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, tell us so I, we know. I'm, I'm for the cameo still. <laughs> I just don't want to look cheap. That's my thing. <laughs> well, the pool boy will be happy with me. I know yeah, that. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> All right, 535. 
the over the weekend, sometimes they pass these bills on Friday and nobody's paying attention. I don't know if that's the case here, but the Stop Spreading the Noise Act was passed on Friday. It's a series of bills passed by the city council taking aim at cutting down on some of the noise around the city. Three of the bills deal with reporting construction noise from inside an apartment. I've lived in apartments. Boy, I hate that. Everything is loud from like 6 in the morning to like 4, 5 in the afternoon. It just noise cars with engines that's you know sometimes it messes with the people's hearing. It requires the uh, Department of Environmental Protection to take a reading, then publish those results, and then make them available to anyone who asks for them. Another part of this bill would expand the city's noise camera program. That was started as a pilot program in early of 2022. The city says uh, it currently has seven cameras up and running, with another three to come by the end of the year. Uh, this would work the same way as those traffic cameras do, the speeding ones, where if you're making too much noise, you'll get a ticket in the mail. So some people think this is a great idea. There's not so much. You got to try something, you know, because this gets outrageous sometimes. Things kind of kind of dope if they actually go with it. If the cameras are able to, like, send a message or send something to that car owner, like, listen, your car is too loud, I, I, I think it will help the community a lot. Maybe if they really attack into it, yeah, why not? I think it will work. Yeah, so just like these speed cameras, they detect if a horn or a muffler's too loud. They take video and pictures, then send tickets. So you ready for this? 800 bucks for a first-time offense, up to 2500 bucks for multiple offenses. With the uh, passing of this bill, the city plans to have at least five of the cameras in each borough with community boards and local politicians helping to figure out the best location. It gets a little bit frustrating for us if you have to be, you have to be you know, captured every time something happens and you track down and everything, like stuff like that. They're policing us more, taking more money from us, trying to figure out more ways to raise money for their bad policies. Let's work on good policy, then we don't have to worry about nitpicking on smaller issues. Yeah, well, $800? Are they out of their minds? WABC News Time 539 cops looking for a man who tried to steal a statue worth $100,000 from the Cathedral of St. John the Divine in Upper Manhattan. It happened actually last Sunday, about 8.30 at night. But now we have surveillance pictures of this guy at the uh, Connick Church that's on Amsterdam Avenue. Church security staff caught him trying to lift the religious statue and carry it out. But when the would-be thief saw he was caught, he put it down and ran out of the church. I don't know, this thing's heavy. I don't know how he was able to pick it up. Uh, police dropping this picture, trying to figure out who he is. You can surf on over to wabcradio.com to take a look at him. There was uh, some confusion yesterday for people passing through the Port Authority bus terminal. The south wing was evacuated for hours because of problems inside a mechanical room. Steam was pouring through the vents and into the terminal area. In fact, people didn't realize it was it was steam. They thought it was smoke and some panicked. The alarm system was going off for like an hour, actually more than an hour. It was going off. It was very annoying. And then it took them a while to figure out what was happening. And then when they, they told us to leave, we were all confused. Now, the good news is everything's fine. Now, Port Authority says the leak was traced back to some con ed equipment. NYPD cops searching for a man who tried to get in bed with a woman while she was sleeping in her Manhattan apartment. This creep actually broke into the apartment in the East Village. Then this woman tells police uh, the man uh, went to lie down next to her. That's when she woke up. You can imagine how panicked she was. Uh, She, though, screamed and yelled at him and chased him out of the apartment. So far, police have not figured out who he is or where he came from. They're still looking for him today. While 
Many Israeli families are celebrating the return of their loved ones from being held hostage. They're still pleading for the release of more from Gaza. Yair Moses recently found a picture of his dad lighting the fourth candle on the menorah. Well, last night was the fourth night of Hanukkah, and he hasn't been able to celebrate because his father is still being held in Gaza today. He's in New York petitioning the U.N. and others to help get his father free. For us, it's, it's like we cannot do it with, without him now. So fourth candle, I'm not lying this night, this night. We are strong. We are here. We are waiting for him. Yeah, so his dad is a 79-year-old Gadi Moses. He was kidnapped back on October 7th, uh, still hasn't been released. Uh, his mom actually was kidnapped as well, Margalit Moses, but she was released a couple weeks back. Um, then there's another one, and these are all people, families who are in New York today. Ben Ami is in the same situation. Her dad is being held hostage as well. Her mom was released as well in November, so here she is in the U.S. They believe... It's a matter of time until their loved ones are returned. They're still holding out hope. I need this miracle. I need that my dad will come. Releasing them and bring them home, all the hostages, should be number one priority. And not just for the families or for Israel, for the world, for humanity. Yeah, so you'll see some of these families talking to the U.N. and some lawmakers later today. But uh, not all of it's good news. Qatar's prime minister says efforts continue to release all the hostages. But uh, he's saying he's not seen the same willingness from Hamas to release them as he did in weeks past. George Santos, of course, the congressman from Long Island who was, was thrown out uh, well, a little more than a week ago. Uh, he sat down for an interview with Marsha Kramer on CBS uh, talking about the fact that, uh, you know, things didn't end well for him. And he said he did some things that uh, he's not too proud of. You know, Marsha, the emotions are always up and down and, and you go through the highs and lows, the historic value of this. And. It's still slowly settling in that I I feel like that last week was just not real. It was out of a movie, but I'm okay. Yeah, it might have felt like it was out of a movie. I told Kramer he's also ashamed of some moments of time in Congress. So I'm not ashamed of the work I did in the House of Representatives. I feel like everything I stood for, I'm so proud of the legacy I leave behind, even with the short 11-month term that I served. I feel like every vote I took, I can stand by and I can defend, and I'm proud of that. Um, regrets? Uh, regrets, plenty. Like, there's always regrets, right? Um, regrets of people that I got involved with throughout the campaign campaign, people that put me in a bad position. And obviously now I have a long road of redemption ahead and I'm going to work really hard for that. What does redemption look like? Redemption means really acknowledging every mistake that's been made and just really going through the process of of putting your head down and accepting it and rebuilding a reputation and trust. And and that's that's important. Yeah. And we heard, of course, that uh, he's been making money, Santos, with those cameos over the last seven or eight days. He claims now, granted, this is the guy who's lied to us about a billion times before, but he claims he's already made more than he would have made in Congress in a year, which is one hundred and seventy four thousand dollars. He also says that he's gotten a fair amount of these cameo requests that he said are too obscene that he's turned down. But could he have made 174000 He's charging 500 bucks a pop today for those cameos, and he claims they are coming in in big numbers. All right, 545. Let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk where we find Justin Ellis. Thank you, Noam Layden. 
We'll begin on the gridiron at MetLife yesterday afternoon where the Jets ran a rough shot on the young star C.J. Stroud and his Houston Texans winning at home by a score of 30-6 to behind a somewhat resurgent performance from quarterback Zach Wilson. He threw for a pair of second-half touchdown passes in his return from a two-game benching, and the Jets ended a five-game losing streak with the win in the process. Zach was 27-36 of 36 for 301 yards, his third career game of 300 or more yards after sitting in favor of the since-waved Tim Boyle. Those numbers came despite Wilson facing consistent pressure all game long and being sacked four times. Brees Hall and Randall Cobb caught touchdown passes, and Xavier Gibson ran for a score for the Jets, who reached 30 points for just the second time this season and first since beating Denver 31-21 to in Week 5 as Gang Green improves to 5-8 and overall with the win. As for the now 7-6 and Houston sideline, things were a bit more bleak as they watched their young quarterback lay an egg before leaving the game late with a concussion. He was examined Stroud, that is, briefly on the sideline before he walked to the locker room. He's now in concussion protocol. Tonight at MetLife, the 4-8 and Giants will be part of a Monday Night Football doubleheader that will wrap up Week 14 action. The 6-6 six and six Green Bay Packers are in town for an 8-15 p.m. kickoff that sees G-Men as current six-point underdogs. In Miami, the 9-3 Dolphins will welcome in the 4-8 and Tennessee Titans for an 8-15 p.m. kickoff as well. The Dolphins head into that one as big 13-and-a-half-point home favorites. Over to the ice at the Garden, where Mika Zibanejad and Jimmy Vesey scored second-period goals. Jonathan Quick made 25 saves against his former team, and the Rangers down the L.A. Kings 4-1 to on uh, last night. Vincent Trocek had three assists. Johnny Brodzinski also scored for the Blue Shirts, who were back in the win column after having lost two straight for the first time this season. Out in Edmonton, things didn't fare as well for the Devils, who lost 4-1 to after running into the buzzsaw that is currently the Oilers, who have now won seven straight. Yes, for Brod scored the lone tally for New Jersey, who will look to get back on track after winning three straight prior to yesterday's loss. Tonight, the Islanders are back in action at home against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Puck drop there, scheduled for 7 p.m. Tonight on the hardwood, uh, regular season NBA action continues after the L.A. Lakers secured the first NBA in-season tournament championship cup on Saturday night with a 123-109 win over the Indiana Pacers. At the Garden, the Knicks get set to welcome in the Toronto Raptors for a 7.30 p.m. tip-off before the Nets take on the Kings in Sacramento later on at 10 p.m. And out of uh, Major League Baseball on Saturday, Nome, the big news of the offseason uh, so far and, and probably uh, for the entire offseason, I would say, is going to be Shohei Otani, $700 million over 10 years to the Los Angeles Dodgers. Is he worth it? Um, is anybody worth that? I don't know. I'm just no. asking, like, financially, is they going to make more money? They're just going to make so much money by I don't, I don't, th- I don't think any athletes worth that much. No? Money. All right. No. Uh, uh, that's just that's just my most humble opinion. Hmm. Anyway, if you're the Dodgers, I guess it's uh, doesn't matter that much. You basically just print the damn stuff, anyways. But that's coming from a Yankees fan. <laughs> 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 that's Sports Gnome. I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. Let's catch you up on the big stories of the morning. It continues to be this storm that thankfully was not as bad as was predicted. The high winds did not come in in a major way, though it's going to be windy today. The rain did not come as big as initially thought, but there has been some flooding, most of it in places that normally flood in Hollis, Queens. Uh, last night, some people going to bed worried that their basements would be flooded this morning. I could help it isn't raining harder than this. Let's see what happened because we have no idea. They sent alert. We have to be alert. We are scared. Last time this happened, it's all over the past floor. So every year, two, three times, and long time before it's like that. In Hoboken, the Miles Square City, it 
floods if it drizzles there. Uh, they've done a lot of work to make sure the water gets where it's supposed to go. But uh, DPW workers were up most of the night watching this rain just to make sure streets didn't flood. We get concerned when it's um, getting to like 0.8 inches per hour. That that kind of intensity is where we kind of are concerned about what the roads could look like. We haven't seen that yet. The investments we've made in flood pumps and things like that can sustain a lot of rain. It becomes more of an issue when it's intense rain in a short period of time. Yeah, so most of the flooding we're seeing this morning is out on Long Island. In Islip, they actually had done a lot of this in a number of towns across Long Island, cleaning out the drains and the sewers before the rain came. That probably helped. We make sure that all storm drains are cleared. Uh, we pump out everything to make sure that it can take on as much water as possible. Our guys are out there trying to keep everyone safe. Yeah, some of the people who are just used to this flooding, this woman in Oceanside, she actually sort of like a snow day. She went grocery shopping last night because she was worried she'd get trapped in her house with her family this morning by water. Got some orange juice, almond milk, um, lemonade, some English muffins. I'll be working from home the rest of the week till like probably Wednesday, so I'll be home. Okay, you don't have to worry about getting out of the house. No, but I mean, obviously for other people and my son going to school, that's probably a problem. In uh, Freeport, also on Long Island, uh, the problem is uh, just flooding as well. Uh, neighbors say they've seen their cars covered by flood waters, and so a lot of them said they were they're worried about uh, high tide later today. Flooding is a real thing in this area. Pretty bad being at sea level. I kind of wish, honestly, don't hate me, Freeport Town, but uh, we don't get alerts in time when things are going to happen, and we have a canal in our backyard. Yeah, back to Oceanside where some of these guys were hanging out at a bar last night. Same thing. They were going to be up early to make sure they moved their cars so they didn't flood out. High tides, I think it's 6.30, so I'm ready for it. I'm waking up, I have an alarm set. I've had to do insurance claims on three separate cars for flooding just from like waking up in the middle of the night, my car's being underwater, including last Christmas. Yeah, uh, so again, most of the flooding we're seeing is in places where it normally floods when it rains hard. The streets are always flooding. We get the fresh water flooding, then it turns into the salt water, and, you know, then it's a whole mix mosh of water. We've been doing this for so long. I've lost my house. was done in uh, Irene and Sandy, so we got water both times. I love it here. I'm not going to leave. Yeah, so here's the good news is this storm did not end up being as bad as predicted. Uh, the high winds, which was in some places the bigger worry because power would go out. We have not seen that yet. It's going to be windy today. But uh, looking at the maps, the outage of the maps of PSE&G, uh, Con Ed, the other utilities, the numbers are pretty low this morning. The uh, NYPD says it's going to work to ensure that schools are safe. Last week was just a ridiculous week. There were three stabbings in three different schools across the city, two up in the Bronx, uh, one in Brooklyn. And the uh, parents, you can imagine, say, you know, this all freaks them out. I want to ensure that her safety is okay. As a parent, I'm concerned. The NYPD has Inspector Kevin Taylor. He's one of the people that works to keep schools safe. Some of it, he says, is just communication with students make it easy for them to reach out to cops if they need to. You should see more scanning. You should see more of our personnel out there. You should see our youth response team out there as well. To really engage our kids so they realize there's there's another alternative other yeah, the, than violence. The NYPD setting up the essentially a texting program so if kids see something, they can say something to cops. They're able to text. Um, at the same time, they're able to call if they want to and say, Johnny has a weapon or I'm hearing that there's going to be a gang fight or something like that. Yeah, but uh, last week, an incredibly violent week. Movie theaters continue to close across the country. Uh, The latest one is going to be in East New York, Brooklyn. Uh, The movie theater, the multiplex there on Linden Boulevard, 
the latest to shut. People just, you know, they're not going to the movies the way they used to. But some neighbors there say, um, well, you know, it's not a good thing. This is like a big theater for, you know, the neighborhood. It's, I remember when Infinity War came out. Obviously, that was a big Marvel film. So it was the film, uh, the theater was packed lot of people. Yeah, so this is the Showcase Cinemas. It's been around for a long time. I mean, they have some other locations, but nothing nearby. But again, people watching movies, you know, they set up their own movie theater essentially at home. So people just not going to the theaters in the way they used to. And that's why you're seeing so many of these theaters shot. Tuesdays, they have special half price. It'll be packing here. There's seniors coming here all the time. It's, it's going to be sad. Yes, we reached out to showcase. They say they're shutting this movie theater down on January 2nd. Uh, apparently, the, this is the word anyway, that a supermarket may take over that spot. Uh, we were talking last week about SantaCon. Uh, boy, because it was a beautiful day on Saturday. I mean, there's just a ton of people in uh, Santa costumes. I can tell you I was working. I mean, everywhere you went, they were packing bars. There were lines at hundreds of people long. But um, the NYPD says people were really, for the most part, well-behaved, you know, minus a few exceptions. You are being the best place to come during Christmas. And I think it's true. You look around this bar and you just see people having fun and enjoying the holiday spirit. Yeah, uh, the city was just teeming, not just with the Santas, but with all kinds of people, of course, coming to see the Christmas tree. The bar owners who are on this SantaCon route, of course, they love it. They made just tons of money on Saturday. I love SantaCon because it's extremely energetic. It's an amazing day in the city. From everything that's going on in the world, this is a break for a lot of people. And what the SantaCon people told us, the ones who organized this bar crawl through the city, that uh, they raised a million dollars on Saturday for local charities. So good for them. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.